let y'all know, man, today is the minimum of effort. Do not give up. Do not feel like you're tired. When you tired, think of last year and think of that record. Every time I get tired or I think I can't go no more, I think of that record. Last year wasn't it. That ain't us. We can make it. Have some heart. I get emotional about this. I'm about to cry because I care about y'all. Do your best. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Mm. Let's go. Football, 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 boys. Welcome to Pater Sports. Doing. Part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. I am Will Dundon here with Nick Truchel and Seth Coggin. And boys, football's back. We're here. The pads football. are popping. Football. It's awesome. Everyone's expectations are at the highest they will be. Yep. At least as a collective unit, I think I'd say. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's undefeated. That's right. Yeah. Everyone's made big strides in camp. Like this is everyone is feeling pretty good this time of year. Everyone's looking pretty good on the practice field. Yeah. Uh, that video does kind of get me hype. When an NFL guy shows that kind of passion, it's really cool. I think that's why a lot of people connect with it. You're right. Like, it's, different. it's a Detroit yeah. lion on a training but you actually see that kind of stuff all the time. It's usually like I, I used to see the uh, it'd be sometime random. Yeah. Random summer practice. Some guy, some it'll usually be some little receiver or something would step up and everyone would almost be like, dude, like, uh, um, you know, we're out here in the 100 degree heat. We got 15 more days of this, man. Like, <laughs> We'll get up. <laughs> take it. Take it. A little, take, you're saying yeah. take it easy. Like, we, no, you know, we I mean, yeah, it. you're taking it. I, you're taking it a little too seriously, but see, it wasn't, I wasn't getting paid millions to do it. It's cool to see a guy care that like, I don't it's know, so usually summer camp's just kind of fun. You know, they're messing around. I like that. Hey, yeah, they I'd like win. to watch. It's a good promo for hard knocks too. talk about a good promo spot. I mean, the pretty, fact that, if that team's that invested in a summer practice, I'm pretty down to see what's going on. I mean, the Lions could be the truth Detroit over <laughs> the Detroit over. Dude, I've I think seen it, one hard knocks clip. All right. Detroit over for me. Dude, I think part of it is too. like it's Detroit. It's the Lions. Like it's Dan Campbell. And uh, what was that? Was, is it Jamal Williams? The running yeah, back? Yeah, it was Jamal Williams. I mean, he, just like back. a blue collar, like gritty running back. Like it just all fits so well together. And it gets me. Yeah, it gets me really excited for Hard Knocks uh, and just football. Wait, in Hard general. Knocks is pretty soon. It's tomorrow. Yeah, it starts well, tomorrow. Oh, if, wow. If you're listening, nice. for our listeners, it is tonight. It's Tuesday night. Yeah, you got to so. better get ready tonight, boys. I can't wait. Dude, that's going to be good to watch. Like that. That's wait. a good team that. I mean, obviously, it's always kind of a bad team that I think usually it's always someone who missed the playoffs or something. But the fact that it's the Lions and Dan Campbell just adds a little more like like I feel like America is really cheering on the Lions. I don't know who their rivals are. The Lions America's team. People are talking. We're talking about it right now. We'll see after tomorrow night whether that. uh... All right. I'm looking into them. See, see who they might have as a little sleeper action. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm excited just because Dan Campbell's everyone. He's, he's just a football guy. guy. Yeah, everybody loves Dan Campbell. Talks about is, how he drinks what 80 is, ounces of black coffee when he wakes up in the morning and then gets going. What is Dan Campbell doing other than football? Like, seriously, truly. Literally nothing. Like, he's really? one of, I, like one of those guys, like, it's football. Like, it may not be watching film or whatever all the time, but he's thinking about football. Like, yeah. he's doing something. Probably yeah. lifting or something, too. He is. He is in fantastic shape. 
Yeah. Big Super Bowl winner as well with the Saints. Tight end. I'm pro I'm pro Dan Campbell. I hope he succeeds. Uh, yeah, me too. I think he's just himself. He's not, the lines are good. Yeah. I mean, they're a historic franchise. Like they've kind of been crappy for a long time. Like long historically time. be they're historic bad yeah Isn't they're histor- like, they're like they're a historic franchise NFL yes franchise but they're historically bad. bad they've really just been around like a pretty long time and they had barry sanders like they had some good players but yeah i mean they've never won a super bowl no they play they play a lot i don't of even like, think have they been to a super bowl i don't think so they may be the one who hasn't been to yeah one. They, they've been in the nfl since i think it's inception uh after the merger and they have not been to the super bowl there are more teams than I thought, though, that hadn't won a Super Bowl. Like, it's – I think it's, it's more tough. than a handful. It's tough to win win the big one. Yeah. Khalif Raymond is on the Detroit Lions. He is. He is. Former, Titan. Former Titans wide receiver one, according to our buddy Thomas Swafford, the lawyer. He'd always be – Khalif Raymond would always be sitting there in waivers in fantasy football, and I'd be like, ooh, do I think he's going to just catch, like, one 60-yard touchdown? Because it's kind of worth it. it then. He like, had it's kind of worth of- it. He had a couple of games where he'd catch one of those bombs just because he's a speedy guy. And if he gets past the defense, you know it's going for six. <laughs> if he can get his hands on it. I mean, yeah, if he gets past the defense, yeah, I hope, yeah. Didn't uh, former – this is in the former vein. Didn't uh, Tajay Sharp, didn't he play uh, – end up playing with Detroit too? Here? Uh, he was on the Vikings. And he he was was, on, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Man. He, he was on the Browns for a little bit too. Well, he's like. on the Falcons now, right? Yeah. With hey, is, Mar- is, is Mariota is he starting? Yeah, he's I think Falcons. he's starting. Wow. That's awesome. Good for him, honestly. Shout out. Yeah. I hope they do good. I'm Shout out Artie Smith. Redemption year for Mariota. Well, and that's kind of the perfect guy to start in front of Desmond Ritter. Similar play style, you know, and a guy who's got a good head on his shoulders to show him how to do it, and good enough to win games. Yeah, and yeah. the pressure's often this time. Like he talked about so much of just how. The Tennessee kind of broke him. Um, and after just kind of the <laughs> – after seeing Tannehill come in and lead us to the AFC Championship, he talked about all the mental health issues and just kind of how he was down bad. Uh, but you got to be down bad to to rise from the ashes and become that phoenix, become that falcon, you could say, um, and win the NFC South. So Tampa Bay, are they in trouble? Is Atlanta coming for them? I don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't know. I think you could rack up a few wins in that in that division. I doubt you probably don't take down Tampa. And the but, Saints, you know, are I could see you. Jameis I and could, the Saints are going to be a threat as well. I don't know though. Who, who's there? Who's the new coach on there? And uh, Arthur uh, Smith, man. No, New Orleans. No, Saints. Oh, oh. Uh, they got a lot. It's Dennis Allen. I want to say. Let me confirm that. Yeah, Dennis Allen. Word. Who was uh, head coach of the Raiders from 2012 to 2014? Yeah. Um, it's been the Saints DC since 2015. So they're, they're, okay. they're going to have a defensive minded uh, program there and a guy who's been in the system for seven years. I think the I'm, I'm buying the Saints this year. I'm uh, Jameis has a lot of weapons. Uh, picked up Jarvis Landry uh, to go along, Michael Thomas coming back. Uh, we'll see if Alvin Kamara, what his deal is, because he's still dealing with that when he was in Las Vegas and beat the crap out of that guy uh, with his uh, group of security team. Or I don't I forgot know, about but, that. Yeah, honestly, he's uh, he's still dealing with some of that stuff, so he could face a suspension. But 
I mean, they're, yeah. they're still pretty loaded uh, from the offensive side. Just have to see how their defense plays out. Do Mariota, that's a weird situation because, you know, if you're a quarterback, you got to have kind of a killer mindset, you know? Like, I get, I get the whole mental health stuff, but part of it, too, it's like, dude, you got to – and it looks like he is. It looks like he's coming back, and I hope he does. But part of that, too, man – People, that was kind of his knock. People yeah, wondered people if he was maybe a that. little mentally weak. Even guys on the team said he wasn't a very vocal leader. And I wonder if it's, is it confidence? I don't know. That's And you, you can't tell with quiet guys like that because sometimes there is that quiet confidence, but then other times it is maybe he's he was young. I mean, that's the thing. He came in as a rookie to play quarterback, and it's not always yeah. easy to come in and be the top dog right away unless you were just kind of that you are that guy. And he was never that guy. Yeah, even like in college. He's or... kind of a, he's kind of a lead by example type guy. So I hope now that he's older and everything, he is kind of a more vocal guy, more confident. Cause I would love to see him succeed in Atlanta. Yeah, I that'd think be awesome. most Titans fans would. Yeah. I, I hold nothing against Marcus. Um, obviously he needed to go. It, it wasn't going to be a good fit long-term and Tannehill has been serviceable, but I mean, Mariota's still got a lot of talent. I mean, think about those those years with Oregon in college, him and uh, Jameis Winston battling against each other um, and now going to be playing against each other twice a year. So that'll be interesting to kind of spark that little rivalry uh, they had going as the, the two top quarterbacks in the uh, NCAA. So, yeah, I, I hold nothing against Marcus, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what he can do in Arthur Smith's system, who obviously we saw what he did with Tannehill and Derrick Henry and how well our, we had, what was it, the first or second best offense in the league that year when uh, Art was the offensive coordinator. So it was just our defense was giving up 35. We would have to put up 38, 35 points every single time to get a win. Yeah, I think we scored more touchdowns than anyone from in 2019 and 2020. Yeah, that sounds combined, right. Combined, something like that. Did y'all get a chance to watch any of the preseason game last week, the Raiders and the Jags? I, I got not. to see some highlights, but I didn't watch it live. Unfortunately, I was planning on it, but got sidetracked. But uh, First the Raiders. touchdown of 2022, Amir Abdullah. There you go. There you go. Good omen, baby. Good omen for that. That is a, that is a great omen. Uh, but no, it was it was pretty good. Obviously, like Derek Carr didn't play, Trevor Lawrence didn't play, um, Josh Jacobs did play a little bit, Kenyon Drake played, Trayvon Walker though looked pretty good. They had kind of the trenches, pretty much good on good out there for a good bit of the first part of the game. He was pretty good. He got a sack. I know I know he had at least one, but yeah, number one pick Trayvon Walker for the Jags, looking like a pretty solid pass rusher. And people were a little weary about him just because of how much his stock rose kind of overnight, it seemed, uh, to fly up to that number one spot. But, uh, yeah, so he gets uh, gets a sack in that Hall of Fame game, like you mentioned. Um, and the coach over in Jacksonville, um, what is it, Doug Peterson? He's been uh, yeah. raving about him, um, and uh, he's uh, excited. So, I don't think the Jags are going to be necessarily good this year, but I do think they'll be a lot better. And a lot of people won't think much of that because the whole urban situation and whatnot. But I do think, I mean, that's probably they could win six games. Maybe I could see them winning six games and being competitive. Uh, I just think having Doug Peterson as your coach too for Trevor Lawrence will be a good thing. Didn't Peterson play quarterback? Uh, that sounds right. I mean, he was obviously the head coach for that uh, Philly team that won the the Super Bowl and yeah. had Nick Foles uh, performing incredibly well. 
But uh, yeah, as a as a player here, um, he played in the NFL for a little while. I'm trying to see where is yeah. So uh, he was uh, he was a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, no, my pretty legit. My dream can't be worse than Urban. I'll say that. Correct. It can't be worse than Urban. So I would expect they do make a little bit of a jump at least. (laughs) Yeah, it's like even if they win two games again or something, as long as like it's just not Urban, like they don't have to deal with. (laughs) As long as there's not organizational (laughs) failure and like everything, it is better already. Did y'all know uh, Doug Peterson is a national champion? He won the FCS National Championship in 1987 at Northeast Louisiana. So, I mean, dude's won a national championship. He's won a Super Bowl. I mean, it's championship pedigree right there. Welcome to Jacksonville. We'll see. Yeah, the true test. Yeah, that is the true test of a a coach. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I was reading uh, Jacksonville since 2017 – uh, when they were in, or excuse me, the beginning of the 2018 season, after they went to the AFC Championship, they have the worst record in the NFL. So mm. talk about a fall from greatness after that run where they beat the Steelers in the divisional round, made it to the AFC Championship, and uh, lost to the Patriots, uh, eventual losers to the Eagles, like we were just talking about Um so, yeah, that Jacksonville team had a Bortles had like 30 touchdowns that year. Jalen Ramsey was Jacksonville, all over the dude. place. Yeah, their, their, their defensive was nasty. front was nasty. A.J. Bouye and uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey were locking people up in the secondary. Their defense was just stout, and it uh, yeah. crumbled pretty fast. Yeah, it did. It went downhill. They went from true AFC championship to, like, obsidian <laughs> almost the next season like they were terrible that next season it was like everyone was out on Bortles Ramsey wanted out and I mean honestly at that point it's like okay well you have a totally different team now so yeah yeah everything looked different Yannick and they and lost Gokwe all those they the even team, traded right? some of those players and didn't get like they anything traded back. a generational player like Jalen Ramsey and didn't even get gain anything <laughs> it seems like I, I mean I'd have to go back and really look at the trade but it hasn't helped. No, definitely not. Yeah, they still got a way to go. They're, um, I mean, they're a miserable franchise. So let's let's call it how it is. Um, but yeah, so uh, Ramsey was traded for two first round draft picks and a fourth. But um, as I'm looking at this article here, Rams thumped the Jaguars in the Jalen Ramsey trade. Is the headline? <laughs> Um, I wonder who they dra- – does it say who they drafted with those picks? That might be old. So, might yeah, the Jaguars old. took Travis Etienne for the 25th overall and then uh, Clavon Chasen out of LSU. So both of those guys haven't really done anything. I mean, though. Etienne hasn't even played yet. Yeah, so. he's been injured. So He is good, though. I mean – I, I, I think he'll be pretty good, yeah. Yeah. And th- we forgot about how good Fournette was in Jacksonville uh, for those first couple of years as well. Like he yeah, was, I totally forgot. He was a force. I really did. Yeah. He was good. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't amazing. He was good though. He was good. He was definitely yeah, he a good did. running back. Yeah, he was. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm happy that the Saxonville Jaguars are no longer and that they have fallen from graces to let in the 2022-2023 NFL Super Bowl champion Tennessee Titans to t- take stranglehold of the division. Um and Going just for really three in a row. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Win three in a row would be pretty awesome. 
a nice little three-peat of the division. Three-peat real quick and, like, with no real – like, I don't see an organization right now on par with the Titans in our in our The way we drafted? League. No. I mean – No. Like, they're all steps behind. There are actually leaps trying to catch up with us. And one in Indianapolis would be the closest comparison, and their hopes are in Matt Ryan. That's an even more desperation move than us. Like, people say our quarterback situation is bad. Well, Ryan Tannehill has done pretty dang good in the last three years. Like, he's done pretty serv- – like, he, yeah. you kind well, of – Yeah, well, he was great known, in 2019. Yeah. Great. All his numbers. And now he's obviously your hopes are back, on this but... old Matt Ryan who can't move. He can't – he can't. He's so immobile, and that's kind of your that's your hope. Yeah, you're you're not kind of where you might think you are. I think the Titans are definitely a little bit ahead, so they need to go ahead and capture the third because a lot can change in a year. They need to go ahead and and uh, and get three, and then extend this one to uh, all the way. Let's not uh, forget about the Houston Texans though. Mills at quarterback. Uh, Davis Brandon Mills kind of chopped the Titans up a little bit. He did. Year, well, that, real, that's like, just on, like on, on the, I mean, he the might... course with the Titans. Rookie yeah. quarterbacks just dice us up for some reason. In 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 divisional opponents is always different. Like the Texans always kind of dice us up. They they almost know Verable too well. You know, he was a, te- he and was a Texan. Do y'all so remember when Gardner Minshew was a rookie? His first game against the Titans, he like had three incompletions the whole game, just absolutely shredded. He us did. All he wheeled and he did. He I mean, he played a couple times. Like Minshew is just kind of a gamer. Like that's just what he did against us. Like, and I, I'm kind of a Gardner Minshew fan. I don't even know where is he right now. He, he was on Philly. He got to, he came in for relief. Yeah. What was it last year and got a, got a win out in Philly. Yeah. Um. So let's see here. Yeah. So I think he is still, um, uh, yeah, he's still on the Eagles. Who would y'all say is the best quarterback in the AFC South? Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll have to see. It's definitely Tannehill. It, it'll right be now, Tannehill next or Ryan. year. Tannehill next, or Ryan. Next year, Ryan yeah. Tannehill is the best, best quarterback. Overall, uh, Matt Ryan's the better quarterback. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Matt Ryan's yeah. just, a few, even, Matt Ryan's just a few two years, re- a few years removed from. Yeah. Overall, is, Matt Ryan's had a pretty. He's had close. He's yeah. Matt Ryan's Hall been. Of fame. Yeah, he is. He's he is very borderline Hall of Fame. That's a. He's like that. He, he might had be that the, MVP like, season though. That was incredible. That's yeah. the thing. The MVP really. I mean that MVP up a lot. and Super Bowl run. Yeah, um, but no wins though. I do kind of like the. Uh, I always heard the saying. Like, if he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know it. So, like, Brett Favre, yeah. Peyton Manning, yeah. yeah. Tom Brady, yeah. Phillip Rivers? Phillip mm-hmm. Rivers' stats are so good. Like, Phillip Rivers, they, yeah. They're nasty all time. I feel like you got to think about it, though. I mean, you, yeah. Yeah, I just I think he's, not, he's not pretty easily and said yes. But, like, he's not damn, like, it's not like Dan Marino. Yeah, yeah, but, but Dan I Marino's think, all time. I think great. it's honestly kind of similar. Like, so, yeah. Uh, Dan Marino Rivers, eight-time Pro Bowler, passing uh, yards leader in 2010, passing touchdown leader in 2008, completion percentage leader in 2013, passer rating leader 2008, comeback player of the year 2013. Now, he never won anything, went to a couple of um, conference championships. But... I'm just saying that hurt, that hurts a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can talk stats and everything, and I think that's important. I think it's like his – his high level over his whole career is the impressive part. Like he didn't have a good, he didn't have one, two good. Like 
he stacked he had like a great together seasons. Yeah, he, he stacked together. He, he probably had about 12 seasons of like really high level quarterback so, play. Yeah, that he, is very hard to sustain. From uh, 2006 so for that, I kind of would to 2020, pro. he never threw less than 20 touchdowns in a season. Yeah. See, like just to hold down a position at a very high level. Like every one of those years, he was probably what a top five quarterback in the league for like 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 you said kind of about 14 years straight like maybe not quite top five at every year but you know he's he was one hovering of the around top, top five. he was top 10 for sure i'd say from tw- for those 14 years yeah. where he was the and i mean at times he's Bruce. number he's hired you know he had seasons where he's number three number two i, I don't know if, he he is a little tough because he lived in or he quarterbacked in an era completely dominated by Manning and Brady who were a step above. Yeah. They were a step above that next group of guys, but I honestly put him, I know like big Ben would have several more championships, but I would put him honestly, like right at the same. I was thinking big Ben, Eli Manning, Phillip rivers, like Philip rivers probably has a little more impressive stats, but big Ben has a couple world, uh, you know, he's got a couple rings. So yeah, I would give it. Yeah. I would give big Ben. I would give him like the nod in that Eli Manning's kind of a good one because the dude just yeah. like found a way to win Super Bowls, but and it was really good for a long time. But also there were times he where you're like bad seasons. Yeah, too. there were some bad. Yeah, well, that's I mean, Philip Rivers really didn't have a ton of bad either. Yeah, no, like, he didn't. Yeah, they didn't really win win a lot, but he they were consistently like in and around the playoffs. Yeah, um, I, yeah, he did not win in the playoffs like at all. That is the tough thing. Like you, I mean, why do you go to one AFC Championship game for real? In like one or two, lost. something like that. Because yeah. they early on in his career, fourteen and two, eleven and five, eight and eight, thirteen and three, and then he had basically nine and seven or eight and eight for five years in a row. Chargers. Yeah, I do bad. kind of forget. I do kind of forget. Yeah. I, I I forget they were very very mediocre there. Yeah, for from two thousand ten to about two thousand eighteen, they were either. Like so, they had a couple of seasons where they were pretty bad, four and twelve, five and eleven. But they were pretty much nine and seven, like eighty percent of those years through through the majority. Yeah, it's not that's not great to be there. honest. Yeah, that that does. But doing he, a little more his defense, dive, I, his defenses were pretty horrendous throughout. Uh, yeah, he those did years. have a tough. And you gotta have a good defense to win a championship. You know, you, yeah, you defense just, wins championships. They don't yeah. just uh, make up that saying for nothing. Yeah. It's true. I don't know many super high level quarterbacks that just or Super Bowl winning quarterbacks that just had no defense. Yeah, it's hard to think of where the defense was truly like a liability where it's like my defense is a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they I don't, don't like I feel like Aaron Rodgers has had some like poor defenses. Yeah, but he's also not only when won he won the one Super championship. Bowl. Yeah. And huh? Mahomes, like the one year while the Chiefs have had some pretty bad defenses, the one year where they actually won it all, they uh, their defense really, really came together in that playoffs right. and was pretty stout. Yeah, they were. That is the only time he ever won. His defense did just was legit. But we think of the defenses that win Super Bowls as legit because, I don't know, I feel like <laughs> to be a great team, you do have to be good at both. At ever, like, you yeah. can't just be good at one thing to win at the highest, highest level. Like, you do have to be very good. But, uh, but yeah, they, they – that has held him back, and the year he had a really stellar defense, they did uh, they did win it all. But yeah, uh, but like yeah, Brady of, always had 
great defenses. Yeah, that's oh, why yeah. he probably has. That's why he probably has a few more rings than he will. Like I, I'm not going to stay here and dispute that. Brady like, would have Brady two would've... or three without the great defenses, yeah. but he wouldn't have all of them that he no. does. I think without no. all those and Belichick scheming. The and a lot I mean, of things. He's had truly great well. defenses. Yeah, yeah, like all time. Defenses. Even the last one, like yeah, the last Bucks the, defense, the Bucks was defense was amazing. Yeah, they they wreaked havoc on Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they were <laughs> killing him in the backfield all game long. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's think, definitely something to look at. I mean, it makes me think of when Brady threw three picks in the second half against the Packers in the NFC Championship and still ended up winning the game. That's People pretty forget. insane. People, People do forget. forget. I had almost forgotten, and I did. I did extremely care about that. The fact that he shouldn't be getting away with that. It's not fair. I don't forget because I threw that in the lawyer's face a lot, but he declined to acknowledge it. I guess. Yeah, Brady's had some lucky moments, but uh, you got to admit he's no, been no. pretty freaking I mean, great. Yes. I, yeah. yeah. To consistently put yourself in position to get lucky and the <laughs> it means yeah. you are. I think that is kind of yeah. true greatness is like, well, I just put myself in position to get lucky in big games. And yeah, the games you know, were close. And sometimes he didn't like happen. think about sometimes like the Giants catch and stuff like the their perfect season when he was probably actually at the peak of his greatness. He gets kind of unlucky in the Super Bowl and loses. It's a good you know, point. It, it's so it kind of does. If if you truly are that level of greatness, it does kind of, but but I would I would like to point that like I don't know how you guys feel on this. I imagine we probably agree, but to me, as I was growing up watching football, loving football, and yes, I probably watched a little more Peyton, but I just felt I actually saw Peyton Manning as a better quarterback. Like I I truly thought you know talent wise, yeah, he just was a better quarterback. Now it didn't equate to more winning. But that's why it's. I think it's hard to judge purely winning championships as the basis of a quarterback. But as it's also tough for me because as a quarterback, you are the true leader of your team, and so you are kind of judged by your team's success as a quarterback. And so, yes, Super Bowls should matter as much. But I don't know that, and that's a whole rabbit hole and stuff like Brady versus Manning. Even though Brady's longevity has kind of definitely in most people's minds probably given him the edge. Um, yeah, because he's been think, able to do it for so long. Is the yeah, thing. That's I still think mono and mono. Like I, I thought Peyton was better. Put them together in their primes. I think Peyton's uh, probably the the better talented quarterback. Honestly, I put Aaron Rodgers in their primes. Honestly, probably a little bit better than Brady. But the fact that he's been able to maintain at least consistent enough play to get his team in the playoffs and then give his defense a chance to make plays in the playoffs and keep him around till he's forty five. I mean, that in itself is uh, an unbelievable uh, yeah. accomplishment. See, and I, yeah, I, I, like I think Aaron Rodgers like, is more talented, obviously. But really, like you can't play that game with Brady because really there's a lot of – not a lot, but there's a good amount of quarterbacks. Like Patrick Mahomes is more talented than Tom Brady. You know what I mean? But I will also say like Aaron Rodgers is not a better leader than Tom Brady. I think Brady no, – I think everyone would pretty much agree with that. worse leader, I would say, than Tom Brady. <laughs> Like that's that's the thing you can't because I I would agree like Peyton Manning's a different story though because I think Peyton's great at everything but I mean that Seth I agree with you you can't discount a guy you, you can't just look at oh he did better at this he did better at that like there is something to be said about truly leading your team and winning Super Bowls a lot of one of the big questions does come down to 
you can play the what if game and it's like, okay, what if Peyton was drafted by the Patriots and got to him and Bill Belichick, like two of that the best minds crazy. in football got to work together. Like what would have happened then? That's all, that's all you can do. They could have butted heads though, honestly. I don't know. Cause uh, Peyton basically was the head coach. I feel like pretty regular, like he ran the well, offense, but, but like Belichick let Brady, I mean, it wasn't like he was telling Brady what to do all the time, especially later in his career. Yeah. Like he, they, there was a trust there. But again, you can't really play that game when comparing quarterbacks because it's all hypothetical. Like all you can do is kind of go off what we know. And what we know is Brady has however many Super Bowls. I think it's interesting that they both did win Super Bowls in multiple cities, which yeah. is something I always, I always, as a LeBron guy, in a in a different way, I use his winning in three different cities, winning you know multiple champ- championships, and as more impressive than winning, say, for instance, Michael Jordan's six in one city with one coach, one system, basically like, one team. It's like you were yes, you, you prove that you were a superior team, like, but in other ways, it's more impressive to do it, you know to try and start and build that championship team in multiple locations, different coaches, um, different players. But, so I too. think it's interesting that Brady and Manning both did that. Um, and that's pretty cool that, you know, they won Super Bowls even later in their career after their original team who they'd been fantastic for, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of was done with them. Uh, they still went and won Super Bowls elsewhere. Yeah. Cause um, Peyton wanted to stay in Indianapolis, but, they had Andrew Luck, and they didn't want to. Uh, they didn't want to well, keep the whole him. neck thing happened. Yeah, because yeah. he broke his neck, missed the whole season. Then they uh, went after Luck, and they're like, "All right, well, he's the new guy, so see you, Peyton." Well, and that's interesting too because you did have the Patriots dynasty going on. Like that was a true dynasty. Like same coaches for the most part. I mean, obviously there were some assistants that went in and out, but same system. Same for a good few of those Super Bowls. Like same heart of the defense. You know, that's like a lot of leaders, a lot of vets that have that are Hall of Famers, you know, now. So that's something to pay attention to. Not that it's a huge deal, but yeah, I think we're in the minority of three guys that would all agree on Peyton over Brady, though. We probably have. Yeah, some listeners yeah if are, you got if you put uh, like 100 just random dudes from across the country in a room, I don't think three of them are, you know, agreeing too often. Um, no, I'd say like that, but. S- Honestly, I feel like we're at the point now, like 70 or 80% would probably say Brady. Yeah, probably. I think most and people like have Brady as the go. If I truly, yeah, if I said greatest quarterback of all time, like if I truly had to say that now, yeah, I'd probably go Brady. But better quarterback, see, that's where that's where it's a, that's the thing. That's yeah. where that debate is always so tricky because it's like truly better quarterback. I'd, I'd go Peyton. Like, I watching him run an offense what did seem more in control. Tom Brady's offense seems very in control, but Peyton Manning seems in control of his offense. You know, he's just so dialed in on what every single person is doing. Brady has always had more system success, which is okay. That shouldn't be a knock on, on a quarterback um, because he's running the system. So, um, but. Anyway, that's what it is fun to debate and talk about. And that's why sports are fun because you can, like, you can have, never solve it. Yeah, you can never, like, yeah, there is you no can look at it from so many yeah. different angles. Yeah, you could put it. We're only, I mean, you're not even putting other guys into that conversation. Like, we're 
or even recency bias. Joe Montana, now, Dan yeah. Marino. Yeah. Just you like can make arguments for both those guys for sure. It's yeah. like when you do the uh, Jordan LeBron debate and then like one out of a thousand will be like Kobe. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, that's not even like, I don't <laughs> no, even I think I'm Kobe's in the discussion of those two, but I think you could make arguments no, but for it's maybe like the Kareem same. or like. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it's like the same with quarterbacks. Like everyone would be like Peyton or Brady and then you'd have a random guy be like Joe Montana or yeah. something like fill in the blank. Aaron Rodgers, like fill in the blank. Yeah, know? a lot of like, an, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is a perfect guy to, to throw in there because yeah he does have the the talent but i think like i don't know universally if seen... accepted most people would not put aaron Rodgers at yeah one. but like if you ever look and i've said this on this podcast numerous times but if you ever just go look at aaron Rodgers' best throws on youtube obviously that's a whole thing in itself just watching amazing throws back to back but i don't think i've ever seen anyone with as much arm talent as consistently Aaron consistently making just the stupidest throws. Yes. yes. It's, it's, it's it has been insane. impressive to watch for a long time. And he did almost learn from the perfect person ahead of him in Brett Favre. And then he like reeled, he like reeled in Brett Favre and became like more accurate version with throwing way less interceptions. Yeah. Yes. Because that was that was That's always yeah. slinger was always Brett Favre Aaron kind of didn't really mesh with him in the beginning, did he? Because it no, was they kind of a little heads. beef. Yeah. Probably not. They're both like not seeming like Aaron Rodgers kind of <laughs> like a douche. Like yeah, yeah he's ostracized his family like, completely, hasn't he? This yeah, it's not yeah, he's not even that though. Just like, yeah, just just playing football as a guy, as a quarterback. Like you have two alphas and you have one guy who's a proven great against this like punk dude with all this talent in the world from cat from Cali. He's super like, cocky too. Yeah. Who wants your job? Like, and yeah. the other guy does not want to give it to you. Like, which is how it should be. I mean, that's, yeah, I understand. It's just that. like, and why I think we were talking about earlier this season, I might have jumped the gun a little bit on the Malik Willis Tannehill thing. Um, and I've kind of seen it. Okay. Yeah. That does make sense. Like, these guys are competing for their livelihood. It's kind of nice to, to see some of that dog uh, in these guys to fight for their job and, Tannehill's got a mentality. All I care about is winning football games for this franchise right now. So, yeah, but that's on. even different too. Like Tannehill and Malik are like they're buddies, you know. Yeah, like, they it's, are. it's not the same dynamic. They had dinner at Tannehill's house. It was yeah. All good. But no, yeah, Trusha, what do we want to jump into next? Um, so I don't know if some of you Paydirt listeners are actually, I know some of you Paydirt listeners do remember uh, the fantasy football season last year when our um, team member Reese Bennett uh, was still on the pod with us. Now he is serving his country. So uh, he is on a long-term <laughs> hiatus. Uh, the three gentlemen on this podcast today are back in the dirty dozen um, fantasy football league this year, couple of, uh, switch outs. Uh, so we took, um, Reese out and Seth has replaced him. And then, uh, we lost another guy. Uh, Nick Thurman was replaced by Will's little brother, Wes. Uh, so oh. we've got Wes Aggie, uh, Aggie Wes ball Wes now, um, uh, in the league here. And I'm excited to talk a little fantasy football. This obviously, um, gets everybody fired up about the football season, gives you a little bit more vested interest in those games outside of the Titans or outside of your home team. Um, so why don't we kick it off 
Uh, Will, I know you've got a couple of things, uh, a couple of tidbits uh, about fantasy football. We can kind of throw out some cool stuff here that we've got. Um, And then after that, I'm going to kick off a quick boom and bust player of the year for fantasy football. Who do you think is going to outperform expectations and who do you think is going to greatly fall short of expectations? Uh, But Will, I'm going to let you kick it off here with a little uh, insider info for this fantasy football season. Okay, well, so I do have – we'll get into it in a little bit, I guess. I do have a couple, like, potential boom or bust or maybe sleepers. I do have a couple questions for y'all, maybe, uh, as far as maybe fantasy strategy when you're drafting. What do you what do you oh, like yeah. to do? Do you like, I like this. Do you like to go – a lot of guys go running back first. A lot of guys go quarterback, yeah. receiver, just depending on what you do, best available. What do y'all – let's say PPR league, which is what we're doing. What, what do you think you usually attack with? What's your strategy just going in maybe those first few rounds? Um, never – it's never been good, I'll be honest. Like, I've never been – I've never been fully satisfied with my strategy. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I've never, I know exactly I've never left, like, the first five rounds and been like, yeah, I made the best decision at every every time. I'm not prepared enough, probably. That's part of it. And then uh, your draft positioning matters a lot. You know, whether you're, uh, you know, I think the first and second round positioning matters the most because then it just gets into, you know, things start going. But um, because if you go first and last, I mean, that's such a wide gap. You got to be or near that first three. You got to be careful because you don't go for a while. You know, those those first couple picks are you need to hit on your first couple picks. Like you need to get good guys that are going to produce all year long. Um, so you got to be careful with those first couple picks, but I don't really have too much of a strategy. See who's the best available. See what my needs are. You know, it's, you're building a roster. You truly are building a roster. So, um, but, it, but it's different than just a football team. Cause I tend to go to just players. I like as like a football player, like, you know, yeah, this guy's a good player. He's to, <laughs> but it's I need I do need him to produce actual stats. Um, so balancing all that out, I I don't know, Nick. You probably way more strategize than me. I I got a couple of strategies here. Uh, in terms of drafting early, I think running backs early and often are important. Um, in fantasy football. Uh, I mean, they can just put up numbers with how often these guys score touchdowns. Uh, and a, a true RB one is hard to come by. And it's not really easy or it's pretty rare that you you find a guy in the late rounds that really produces unless you get somebody like Jonathan Taylor in the third or fourth round, wherever they fall. Uh, so I think you pretty much unless there is a guy like Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup uh, where you are around that eighth, ninth, tenth kind of late round pick, you could potentially go one of those receivers and then get a running back. Like let's say Deandre Swift, for example, kind of that one um, a or one B you could say running back. Uh, so it kind of depends on your draft position a little bit, but uh, just looking at fantasy pros right here, the top seven players they have ranked are all running backs. Um, and then Cooper cup and Justin Jefferson, the two guys I mentioned round out eight and 10 or eight and nine, excuse me then Najee Harris at 10 and something uh, I, I kind of forget about a little bit is some of the tight ends that act like receivers, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews are, are up there in the top 15 as well. So I think those are like the two first round. Yeah. It's the like, two like if you're late. Yeah. You can, if you you're can late in the first, maybe you go for the tight end. Yeah. And just lock up because tight ends, 
Um, if you get that guy like Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews that is going to put up 20 a game, that is a third receiver at the tight end spot. And then if you hit on somebody like, let's say, Debo Samuel late or you get Jonathan Taylor or maybe a, a James Conner, like last year I picked him up off the waivers and he ended up being running back four or something like steal. that. That's a steal. Because uh, he scored so many touchdowns. So if you get somebody like that and you have a tight end like Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, your team gets dangerous at that point because most tight ends are only going to be – you're hoping they score 10 points a game. And when you have somebody that can double that, it, it, it gets pretty interesting there. So I, I definitely like the running back route. Uh, I think – uh, where I differ a little bit, a lot of guys will go quarterback round three, round four, round five. I like to wait till more round eight, round nine, trying to get those guys that I, I think quarterback gives you the biggest opportunity for a boom. Um, and just going after running quarterbacks, especially. So a guy like Jalen Hurts, uh, who I, I picked up last year. Uh, in one of my leagues, I can't remember if it was this one or not, but he had a lot of big games where he was running the ball a lot. Uh, so I think waiting on a quarterback is, is something that I like to do as well. But honestly, I think running backs are the the key piece in fantasy football. You got to take those. If you're in the top five, you got to take a running back um, at, at, at the top tier there. But well, like I said, once you get around that 10, 11, 12, then you can start making arguments for Kelsey, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, a, a guy like that, Mark Andrews, potentially. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my strategy. And then I always like to wait. Don't ever go too early on kickers or a defense. Get some bench depth before you try and fill out your roster. Uh, a lot of guys will just go in order. Okay, uh, I filled up my team. Now, or except defense kicker, I'm going to go get Justin Tucker and the Buccaneers defense. I think that's stupid. I think you need to go ahead and get like a handcuff running back. Like let's say Ezekiel Elliott, you get him, go ahead and get Tony Pollard uh, to back him up. If, if you have somebody, if a Zeke gets hurt or kind of starts underperforming, you have that handcuff to, to help you out and start getting that depth to fill out your roster first before you go chase a kicker like Justin Tucker or go chase a defense that is going to be really good that year. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned those kind of at the end because Tony Pollard was a guy I picked up and ended up starting a lot of yeah. weeks at the flex or at the second running back spot because he – I mean, the, there was a few weeks there where Tony Pollard was sitting in that 15 to 20 range for a good while. Zeke was kind and of And at cold the flex, and, if, if he's starting at your flex 15 to 20, that is money. Well, he kind of turned into the receiving back a little bit. He was a little more of a slasher, and he'd bust a big play every now and then. He ended up being a key part. And then I'm in the same boat. I don't even think I drafted a kicker or a defense. I mean, actually, no, I drafted a defense, but I gamed kickers like all year. I just switched them just off waivers. It's all situational, too. I ended up finding one. I, I can't remember who it was, but I ended up sticking with one for a good while, like six or eight weeks that I picked up off waivers that was money, you know, in that double-digit range like every every week. Um, as far as drafting goes, it's all – yeah, it's all draft position, honestly, or obviously. But when you're in that middle of the pack range, you can get very psychological with it. I remember yeah. last year – I want to say I was like eighth or ninth pick. So just kind of, which I don't know. It, it really doesn't matter. You're never happy where you are. I feel like even if you're the, like it's some, a I guess, draft too. yeah, I guess if you're the first pick, it's like, okay, I know I can get exactly who I want, you know, in that case, that's good. But I think I was around eighth or ninth pick and the top five running backs went off the board, you know, at the time it was, you know, 
Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, uh, fill in the blank, I don't, whoever else. So Cook. probably similar to the top five <laughs> this year. Basically, probably, Jonathan right? Taylor is the only guy that's jumped up in there. Yeah, and then like McCaffrey, people might be a little more weary of him just because of the injury thing. But anyway, so I remember someone like either seven or eight right in front of me drafted Mahomes, and I immediately was like, "All right." It was Dispain, I believe. He dra- he took him round one. Yeah, well, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna grab. Aaron Rodgers because we're about to hit a quarterback train. So if I want like an elite quarterback, that's where you that's where you start playing with it a little bit because if someone drafts a quarterback, then a couple All other guys draft off, a quarterback yeah. and it's like okay, the the elite guys that are going to get you 40 or 50 every now and then are gone. If that's someone you want, I ended up getting Aaron Rodgers. And, and he kind of had a down year though, didn't he? Well, he he finished strong but started off a little slow, right? Yeah, well, he had, like, negative points the first game, but then he ended up being, like, QB3, I think, in the entire league. So, yeah, ended up good for me. But I think somehow, you know what happened? Then a quarterback train hit, and then you kind of started – it kind of threw everything off, and I think I still ended up getting Aaron Jones in the second round, who was, like, a top – at least top 10 back uh, projected and ended up being really good. Yeah, he's RB11 this year, so he's still yeah. hovering around that top 10. And I'm going to I'm gonna talk a little more about him when we get into the boomer bust. But, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you can have all your charts and everything and your, the players you want. You have to play, play the game, see who's drafting who, and you have to kind of decide, all right, because every year I have in like the fourth or fifth round, you know, you're between two or three guys and you're like, all right, I'm going to bank on this guy not being drafted for a round or something. And I'm going to get this other guy I really want. And then, you know, it slowly goes and you see that guy get taken up and then everything's ruined that you were thinking about. So play the game. I go best available most of the time. Yeah. Trujal, I agree with you. That top five go with a running. Like I, what's funny too, is uh, I think Jack Hancock took Derrick Henry number one. Yeah. And which I was happy about. Everyone was like, oh, PPR league. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. I'll tell you what. I mean, obviously, Derrick Henry ended up getting injured. But But for those first seven games, he was rocking. That's the thing. Forget PPR with Derrick Henry because the thing is, is he's going to score multiple touchdowns a game and probably get to it. Like, it's not that big of a deal that it's a PPR league. Like, Derrick Henry, is if he's Derrick Henry this year, I'm taking him number one, you know? Like, if I get that number one pick, I'm probably taking Derrick Henry. Yeah. And I mean, uh, it ended up being lucky that he got hurt for some of the rest of us. But also, uh, uh, speaking of Jack Hancock, I did get one over him by trading Henry Ruggs the week before his incident happened. So I was able to dump off Henry Ruggs, luckily, to uh, Jack. And I was also, Calvin Ridley was in those talks of uh, trading to, to Jack as well. So I could have pulled off the ultimate heist of sending off rugs and Calvin Ridley, but uh, I ended up keeping Calvin Ridley, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just because and stuff like that, you just never know what's going to happen. So uh, a lot of it comes down to luck. A lot of it comes down to waiver order too. Because whenever guys get hurt through the first three games, wh- whenever that second or that running back, that uh, second string running back comes in and he's top of the waiver order, if you're at the bottom because you were making – some plays tooling with your lineup too early, you can screw yourself. So uh, there's some other stuff like that, that pops up and a lot of luck comes into play. Honestly. I mean, I have a strategy, but you're like uh, the, the saying goes, you can have a strategy, but when Mike Tyson punches you in the face, all bets are off. Your strategy's off. So you just got to roll with the punches at that point. So a lot of it comes down to luck for sure. Definitely. 
but um, why don't we get into the boom or bust talk here uh, this year? There's a lot of guys who are booming, a lot of guys who are busting. That is the nature of fantasy football. Um, and I will kick us off. You guys uh, keep researching and looking through these rankings as, as I go off here. But I'm thinking the biggest, maybe not the biggest boom, but uh, I'm going to go two wide receivers here and for my, my boom and my bust. Uh, so my boom here is Rashad Bateman for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, is going to be a big boom this year. Now, while the Ravens run a very run-heavy offense with the loss of Marquise Brown, who uh, ended up getting traded to Arizona, um, and he actually just had an incident where he got arrested for going 120 miles an hour um, and is facing like felony charges, something like that uh, recently. So his situation is scary, but uh, Rashad Bateman, who he missed the first five games last year with injury. Um, I think Lamar is due for a bounce back season in terms of passing, going to put up uh, numbers like he did in his MVP season, potential 35 touchdowns. A lot of those are going to go to Bateman and Mark Andrews. Uh, But I think Bateman is a guy that you can get in that eighth round, seventh round, ninth round, potentially that uh, could, could end up filling that wide receiver one, that wide receiver two spot. Uh, so uh, I'm thinking there that, uh, he's going to end up with a thousand plus receiving yards, potential of 10 plus touchdowns. Um, so he is, um, projected as a top 30 wide receiver. I'm thinking he's going to finish around top 15, top half of the league. Uh, so excited to see what Bateman will do there. Some guy that I will definitely be looking to take in the late rounds, uh, one of the busts here that I'm going to talk about was a bust last year as well. He was drafted pretty high. This guy hits home for us, boys. A.J. Brown for the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> is going to be a bust this year in Philly. Uh, they have Devontae Smith, who uh, put up decent numbers, nothing great. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I think he has the potential to put up good numbers as a, as a running quarterback, but he is not going to be – uh, a big passer, kind of passing uh, quarterback here this season. I, I just don't see it in him. He's a gamer. He makes plays, but he's not going to put up gaudy numbers. I could see A.J. Brown with another 800-yard, six-touchdown type of season while missing three or four games throughout that. Uh, so I, I'm thinking he's going to fail to to live up to some of these expectations in Philly. It's going to be a weird new system for him, even though he's been uh, training a little bit with Jalen hurts. And I found out Jalen hurts even tried to, I believe recruit AJ Brown to Alabama uh, when he was there. Cause they, they had known each other apparently, but that didn't work out. Obviously went to Ole Miss. Um, so I think the Eagles are really going to rely on that ground and pound uh, type of philosophy from the offensive standpoint. Jalen hurts is going to feed right into that. A.J. Brown, bust, not going to perform this year. Uh, sorry, A.J., you made the wrong decision. Should have stayed with Tennessee. Shouldn't have asked for $20 million, $25 million, whatever you got. So those are my two boom and bust players of the year. I was uh, I was leaning towards A.J. I wasn't going to do it just because, you know, I don't want to sound like sour grapes, but uh, I think he's in for a little set, not even a setback, like, I don't think he'll do bad. I just think it'll be similar. I think it'll be similar to last year. Like I don't see him having a yeah, big exactly. jump in production. And last year he had about 850 yards. 
and yeah, that's because he missed time. Like, but I think I don't expect him to not miss time again. Um, so, um, Will, you want to go into it, or you want to, uh, you want me to to rock it out here? Go for it. All right. I want to stick. We were talking about the Lions earlier. I got a little tight end, a little TJ Ooh, Hawkinson love. I like that. Uh, on my breakout, my breakout player. Him and another tight end I was thinking about is uh, this is a Razorback shout out, Hunter Henry in his uh, about third year, mm. I think, with the Patriots. He's been pretty solid. I think uh, hit Mac Jones' second year, he'll have a pretty strong that outlook or that offense is pretty favorable for. Um, for uh, for tight ends um in terms of who i truly like is like one of my i think debo is awesome i would i would uh i think he's just the the way they use him in their offense is awesome um he's fun to watch play so he'd be another i think a boom for me here um in terms of bust i think uh I'm, i'm looking at it here you know i don't like to be too negative but i'll go with a Tyreek Hill bust year. Oh, I like that. I like that. And a that's lot. that's just because he, he is very elite and I think he'll even have a decent year. I just don't think it'll nearly compare to what he's done uh with Pat Mahomes. I just think he'll be a bottled up, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I'd actually hope to be wrong. I kind of like Miami, but I think I think Tyreek's in for a little bit of a bust year. Dude, you named so many names that I was. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I no, 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 no. I'm not, not even, not even that I was going to say necessarily. But you saying Hunter Henry just reminded me. I picked up Hunter Henry off of waivers last year, and he scored a touchdown. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's keep, let's keep this rolling. I think he scored a touchdown <laughs> like eight out of the nine next weeks. And every week, I'd look on the little fantasy. You know, you can click on a player if they've written fantasy articles about him. And every single week, I think it was after the third week. They kept saying, there's no way he can keep this up. Like, he's just not that – like, he's not that guy. Like, he's not going to keep scoring touchdowns. And I was like, screw that. He's still scoring. I'm not taking him out. Yeah. And it just kept paying off. And I agree with you because it seems like Janu wasn't what the answer they no, were looking yeah, for. No. And and Hunter Henry became kind of the favorite red zone target for Mac Jones, and that's what they like to run down there. So I expect him to keep scoring touchdowns. Will it be like last yeah. year? I don't know. but He had nine I last would... year, almost double digits. So he, he produced – yeah, I would honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a double digit touchdown guy. Like, if that happened this year, I don't know if they added anyone else uh, as a tight end. That is, I know they added, I think, Devontae Parker, which I was thinking about putting on my boom just because that may be something that Mac Jones was missing that now might turn into a major target for him, but I'm going to stay away from it. Um, my boom, I'm actually going to go with Cortland Sutton. Nice. On the Broncos. Nice. I like that. I, I think I ain't thought about old court out there. Yeah. Well, because I think Russ. I think Russ. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Russ is the big difference, right? And I think Russ is gonna like go to him more than he is to uh Jerry Judy. I just think he's gonna have kind of more eyes for him. Cortland Sutton had a pretty good year last year. I had some stats up. I actually want to see if I can pull them up real quick. Um Portland Let's Sutton had see. a pretty good year outside of injuries, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Been... The, it looks like weeks two to seven averaged about 14 points per game. Um, he ended kind of middle of the pack for receivers and kind of a more run heavy offense. And it says here, the Broncos threw the ball in just 56% of the plays a season ago. 
So you're going to oh, see off, that number. Dude, their passing offense was terrible, too. Yeah, I just think having an elite downfield passer like that is going to just like do wonders for him. You're going to get closer I mean, to 70, 65%, I think, in terms of passing the ball this year. Right? Yeah, I mean, that that's, that's what I'm jump. thinking. I that's think what I think. An, Oh, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. No, no, never mind. I, I was gonna say another bus, but like I have, you haven't even got it. Like I can't. Yeah. I can't <laughs> well, real quick, I will say another guy who I think will make a little jump that I really liked last year that ended up kind of being a mid-round pick that ended up being a really consistent starter for me was Michael Pittman Jr. with the uh, Colts, and I think he'll be kind of. The, I mean, he'll be the true number one there, and I do think Matt Ryan is still somewhat of an upgrade from last year's Philip Rivers. And I think no, last, year wins, last year was bro. Oh, shoot. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we started. That's what I'm so saying. They are in desperate. That's three yeah. straight years of these quarterbacks that, they're, that they've thrown out there. Yeah, we were talking Rivers. That's what made me think of it. But, yeah, obviously, yeah. I do think Matt Ryan is actually an upgrade from Carson Wentz as well. Uh, and we've seen Matt Ryan loves his top targets. I mean, that's not necessarily a secret, but it's like when he has a top target, he's throwing it to him as much as possible. And I think Michael Pittman Jr. is that guy. Um, I was going to also say Tyree kill for my bus, just cause I don't love to, uh, I think Jalen Waddle is also kind of the same kind of guy Tyree kill is so that's, last year too. I love, I had Waddle on my team. I loved him. Right. And it's the same style of play. Like it's different. Like Tyree kill, I guess you had Mecole Hardman. That's not really, I wouldn't say that's quite comparable, but he was like the slasher and the, the burner for the chiefs. You had all these other guys doing other things. Now you kind of have him and Waddle, who are kind of in similar play styles, trying to get balls from Tua, of all people. So I'm thinking he takes a little bit of a dip. And then I had a running back. Um, You know, I think I'll just go with Christian McCaffrey. I think that may not be a shocker to a lot of people just because he is injured all the time, but I'm not drafting Christian McCaffrey high just because he can't prove to me that he's going to stay healthy at all. So I'm staying away from Christian McCaffrey. Um Unless it's like a, unless just everyone's thinking the same thing and you can get him in a later round, but I think he's still a first round guy uh, that people will pick up. So I'm staying away from him. Yeah. yeah and I mean, fantasy pros still have um, Christian McCaffrey as running back number two. So definitely a lot of people are on that McCaffrey train. It's kind of wild that he's still got that kind of clout after being hurt this, like, if He's he been stays consistently healthy. hurt the last two. I know, I know, but that's a huge if at this point. Yeah, 100%. Like he has been consistently missing a lot of games. Well, it, yeah, and if you're saying running back two, it's like, okay, take him number two. Like, running back one goes, take Christian McCaffrey. It's like, are you willing – like, if he's truly – like, if that's your second pick, do you feel confident in that at all? Like, you want as much of a sure thing as possible. And I guess you can make the argument with Derrick Henry, but, I mean, he had one injury last year, and it's like – it's it is Derrick Henry like he's a different human. McCaffrey has continuously gotten injured. I don't think I could gamble on that. Yeah. See, I think another guy that will have a little dip. I'm not even saying he'll be a true bust, but like Devontae Adams in uh, Los. Like when you go from playing with Aaron Rodgers and being his number one target to his only anyone, guy, really. Yeah, to be to anyone else, I feel like you're definitely going to have a little a bump down in production. Um, and that's not even a slight. See. I could almost say I think Derek Carr will have a boom because I think he actually will have a pretty good season under McDaniels with some good, obviously upgraded weapons. You still that offense should be pretty good with Walt. You know they got good tight ends, good receivers, good running back. Um, yeah. So, but I think from a 
Devontae Adams' perspective is he was probably just a little bit of a down, uh, you know, a little bit of a down year. But that's just kind of the nature of – and switching teams and everything too is just different. So um, look for receivers. I'm projecting receivers that were on the move to have down years and the receivers that are still around to have good years, I guess. But yeah, could be could be wrong. It's just, you know, some of those guys have produced a, a seriously high level. Like it's hard to even put AJ in the category of those guys because AJ's not really like, you know, Devontae Adams has had great years stacked on top of each other for a while now. Um, you know, it's hard to replicate that extreme high level of success and you can't just drop that into a new offense and it automatically click um, to that high of a level. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. And I actually had you saying Devontae Adams talking about the Packers. That's what I meant to talk about Aaron Jones as well. Um, not necessarily a boom, but so I had Aaron Jones on my fantasy team last year, like I mentioned, and he was very, you know, some games he'd have 30 points, some games he'd have eight points, but for the most part was pretty consistent. The most angering thing for Aaron Jones owners was they get down to that two yard line and probably 70% of the time, big AJ Dillon comes in yep. or, or they give AJ Dillon the ball a couple times and he get rolling and they say, Hey, let's keep it. Let's keep feeding the beast. And he'd get all the touchdowns and everything. So AJ Dillon is kind of that good. He's a good kind of handcuff back to have, like you mentioned, Trucial. But I will say this: they did love throwing it to Aaron Jones, which was huge. And yeah, they loved, he did have big receiving numbers. They love doing kind of those. You know, you get inside the five and you end up throwing a swing pass to Aaron Jones, and he walks in for the touchdown. They love doing that. And Aaron Jones just got paid. And not everyone thinks about this, but when a guy gets paid, you want to make sure you're paying him. Like he's worth the money. So he's going to, they're going to make sure he gets the touches as well. They're going to make sure he has the opportunity to score a lot of touchdowns and to get a lot of yards. So, uh, what'd you say, Trujillo? He's sitting at 11 right now. As far yeah, as running, running back. back 11. Yep. Like, I think that's good. I still think Aaron Jones is a top 10 back, even with AJ Dillon having a pretty good year last year and kind of emerging as a true, uh, sidekick to him, I guess you could say. Cause I wouldn't even call him a number two. Uh, necessarily, because I think A.J. Dillon's still going to be a solid back to have uh, as kind of your filler back. Yeah, A.J. Dillon's sitting at running back 25. So, I mean, in a 12-person league, you have two starting running backs. He's just outside that running back two conversation. Um, So, yeah, a lot of people are pretty high on A.J. Dillon this year as well, just because, like you said, that touchdown uh, scoring ability. You could legitimately have both of them in, in a game and, like, do well. Like oh, there's yeah. a chance both of those guys are 20 and teens in a game. 100%. Especially drafted like AJ Dillon his rookie year. I love that guy. I, I really like AJ Dillon. I yeah, loved him at Boston College, foot, dude. 250. He's a he was big awesome boy. at Boston College. So fun to watch. Just a Out, beast. Outside of Derrick Henry, I think that's the last dude you want to tackle. Like in the Green Bay in the cold, man, AJ Dillon running downhill. That dude is putting I actually think I might have less chance of tackling AJ Dillon. Yeah. He's so lower half heavy. Like is he's he's Derrick shorter Henry, than Derrick Henry, if but he, similar If weight. I could get Derrick Henry before he got going, if I was playing D line and I just got on my knees and grabbed his ankles, it might be the only chance I have. A.J. Dillon's just shrugging me off with his legs. Like, I can't get high enough to tackle him high, so I have to go low, and you just would get blown to shreds. His legs are huge. Yeah, yeah so I was just looking at A.J. Dillon's numbers here. 
I didn't realize he had 1,100 yards from scrimmage last year. That's impressive. That's a lot. That's it. That is impressive. That's a lot for being the second back. Yeah, 1,100 yards from scrimmage, and then Aaron Jones had, yeah, 1,200. So, like you said, Will, you could certainly put the argument of having both those guys, if they're putting up both a both 1,000 yards plus on the season, and those are guys you want on your team. I think they just balance it so well. And I do think Aaron Jones will turn into more of – I mean, he won't be a slot receiver, but it'll be kind of like that, especially with Devontae Adams gone. There aren't – I mean, who's the number one receiver there now? Lazard? Yeah, Lazard. Like, and no offense to him, but you're going to need to use those running backs a lot more, I think. So I think if one of those guys is in your draft, I mean, I don't know where you want to pick him necessarily. Aaron Jones would probably be a little higher, obviously. But both of those will be pretty valuable picks at some point in your draft. Oh, wait, no. So uh, Lazard, I think, is number one. But they also have Sammy Watkins on the uh, opposite side there. That's with, a terrible uh, number, Randall, too. Randall Cobb well, was, in the Sammy slot. Watkins was, like, number four receiver for the Chiefs. Yeah, That's he, he, he always has a couple of, like, good games. I think he even had, like, 30 points to, to open the year and then just was trashed the rest of the season, something like that. He's getting kind of up there, is he not? Is I feel like he's got to be kind of old now. He's 29, so football oh, years. That's but, I mean, 30, 30 is kind of old for football years. Eh, for a receiver, mean, maybe. Yeah, for a for a mediocre at best. Like, not mediocre. He's been a good – for a decent receiver. Kind of. Like, he hasn't he – yeah, I mean, he's been good. He's been on a never had. He's had one. He's not been as good as he got drafted. See, that's the thing with guys that get drafted in the top ten. Yeah, and then they have like decent careers, you know. Like it's just like, well, they were a bust. It's like, well, I mean, you know, at this point, he's been in the NFL seven, eight years now, been a consistent starter. Um, you know, he's been pretty, but yeah, he's not like he's not your true number two. Three hundred ninety-four yards, and be like excited about it. So he's he's definitely in the downturn, but who knows? Maybe uh, being in Green Bay, having Aaron Rodgers, he takes a, a little upturn and has a, a late resurgence. Be hard not to think you'd. But what he he would go from Mahomes to? Well, he was or, on Baltimore last year. Okay, so he, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He had one year in Baltimore, um, and didn't even. But he was hurt uh, a decent bit of the season though last year, and he's had uh, injury problems. Yeah, he hasn't played. Uh, a full season since his rookie year. Dang. Part of his thing too was he came out with DeAndre, right? DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Were they did they come out the same year or was Hopkins like a year older or younger? Something like um, that. So I want to say Hopkins was a year before him. Hopkins Wat- older. Yeah. Uh, Hopkins went 2013 and then Watkins uh, went 2014, I believe. Yeah. Well, and that was they just came out around the same time, both from Clemson and Watkins was the one who was, I mean, getting almost like Heisman, you know, consideration and stuff. So that's got to be kind of part of his thing too. But yeah, I didn't realize he hadn't played a full year. That is kind of crazy. Yeah. Most, so Hopkins yeah. is one year uh, older and man, the, uh, the year or the career he's had compared to Watkins a lot better, I'd say. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins has been amazing. He's been fantastic. He's probably honestly got overlooked because he played on some really bad Texans teams. But he's been he's been phenomenal. He's been pretty incredible for yeah. a long time. I think his last, maybe uh last or second to last year on the Texans, I was like, I think he would be my number one guy for sure. 
Yeah. I mean, you can make the argument, obviously, but he was ridiculous. Him and Desha- him and Deshaun Watson. I mean, the Texans were serious. I mean, they were a problem. Yeah. Yeah. When he had Deshaun there for a minute, they were they were good. That offense was good, at least. Yeah. Yeah, 2017, he had 1,400 yards, led the league with 13 touchdowns, and then 2018, 15, almost 1,600 yards with 11 touchdowns. So, I mean, that's yeah, crazy. When, when Watson and Hopkins are on the field together, it's uh, it can be a nightmare for the opposing team. Yeah. So, Too bad we're not together anymore. Yeah, Deshaun. Well, how Sorry, many, Texans. <laughs> how many uh, year or how many games did he get suspended? Six. Yeah, Oof. but aren't they? They're, they're yeah. Somehow he might. This is how more. this is how messed up the NFL is. They outsourced their penalty giving because Some uh, everyone has had so much problems with like the way they give out punishment. So they outsource. This is a difficult case. So they outsource their, you know, their suspension, and then based on it, based on prior NFL rulings, the judge that they picked to rule on the case gave a six game suspension and then the NFL appeals that suspension, which is just the funniest thing ever. It's like, why are you, you were the you decide? Your- <laughs> yeah. You were the ones that decided this is the best way to make policy. And then you're repealing like the first big decision uh, <laughs> that they try to make that, that, and they're making decisions. They're appointed by you and they're making decisions based on your prior decisions and you're going to get mad when they make a six game suspension because now it's bad optics for the, like he only got suspended six games. So they got to be like upset. And now, now they're going to appeal it. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. The thing is, is it's like, I don't even, I mean, you have all this controversy over how long he should be suspended and stuff. I really don't care how long they suspend Deshaun Watson, but the problem comes is when the NFL has, I do get it because the NFL suspended other guys for way lesser offenses for way longer. Yeah. And that's where they really screwed themselves. It's like Calvin Ridley got screwed. Yeah. For that's the, that that's is the so one. He is the face of what comes to mind right now. Yeah. Is definitely Calvin Ridley. A full season Gordon, for probably. betting on your own team to win. Like, I get it if you bet on your team to lose, but he bet on them to win. And I such little money. Allowed. Such yeah, it was little like a money. thousand was... bucks, right? That was it. Yeah, fifteen hundred, I think, is the number I've seen, and that is such like to to lose a whole season over that is just we've. I think we. I mean, we said it was absurd when it happened, but in light of this decision, it just looks even more, yeah, more just insane. Like seriously, what are you valuing? This guy has been accused by over twenty women of of various, I mean, crimes like they. It's yeah, it's an interesting crime. criminal case, but like like bad deviant sexual crimes that are atro- like atrocities against women, like a bad bad things you know he's done, and the severity of the legal action against him is curious. But for the league to take such a soft stance, six games, almost like just a tiny slap on the—I mean, more than a slap slap on the wrist, essentially—and. And then you take out a guy. It is. It's very easy to point to Calvin Ridley because that's like the latest big suspension. I feel like I can remember, um, you know, of a star player. But missing a whole season, a whole season, 
I don't know yeah, how it they just came doesn't to even that. seem on par. It just seems so it's crazy ridiculous. different levels of judgment. Well, it's like, yeah. how did you get there? If it was a hundred bucks, would it have been one game or something? Like, how did I yeah. just don't understand <laughs> how you got there? It doesn't make any and sense. And you promote the NFL literally promotes gambling. They love gambling. All right the now. they love gambling. They promote it all the time. Yeah, it's and not he, well, it's it's not like he's blowing games or something. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. He already wasn't playing in the first place, right? Wasn't he injured for the beginning of the season or at least? I, I don't even know. Like, But if they would have suspended him for like three or four games, I don't think anyone would have thought about it a no. whole lot. But to be no. like, no, you can't play is just ridiculous. Full season. Full season Dude, is crazy. I, I'm looking at some of this. So Calvin Ridley, 17 games for betting. Vontez Perfect, 12 games for targeting. DeAndre Hopkins, six games for PEDs. Martavis Bryant indefinitely for weed. Josh Gordon, 25 plus games for weed. Darren Waller, uh, a season for substance abuse. Deshaun Watson, six games, 25 sexual assault accusations. Oof. Yeah, that sounds really bad. I <laughs> mean, read yeah, just like reading off that list, like I would say missing, that Josh he the he's jo- he screwed up like over and over again. So well, it's like, yeah, if you have a drug test and you just keep failing, like, yeah, I mean, they're gonna keep suspending you. Like, I don't think it should be tested for, but at the same time, it's like, you know, the rules and you just keep, continue to fail every time. Like, you're going to get suspended. Yeah. yeah. At least that Ray is Rice fair. was Probably suspended like... two games. Adrian Peterson, when he beat his kid, was suspended for six games. Ray Zeke Rice for... is interesting because he only he got, got suspended exiled, a few, though. but he did get ex- like he did get out of the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Zeke, we forget about him. He was suspended six games for domestic violence. Um, and then. DeAndre Hopkins, six games for PEDs. Calvin Ridley, 17 games, betting on a game he didn't play in. That is kind of tough to – just tough to swallow from the NFL. More just inconsistency with the league. Dang. Uh, yeah. NFL, man. It's crazy. NFL or NCAA, take your pick. For overall for- enjoyment in my life, Organizational uh, decisions. Both are pretty bad. Both are terrible. What's better? Probably the NFL. It's kind of just, I was just kind of talking, but yeah. They, yeah, the NCAA as an organ, the power of the organization is terrible. Yeah. At least the NFL is such a huge business. It doesn't have, it doesn't have as much muddling the waters of the NFL. Like the NFL is just football. You know, the NCAA just gets so many things intertwined or, you know, if you even if you just say college football, it's different because it's college. Like it, it quite literally is tied to a university um, instead of just being its own entity of a football team. But in personal enjoyment, I probably take college football, to be honest. Oh, well, yeah, I'm drawn a little pro football is awesome because it is the best of the best competing at the highest level. Like, and you have the best, co- you know, you have the best coaches and and it's awesome to watch. But the absurdity and the insanity that ensues in college football is just. And the tailgating experience of it, college it's football. It's too good. It's too. Outrivals NFL by good. a mile. Like yeah. being on a college campus for a game day. I'll take that any day of the week over going to Nissan. Straight up, honestly. Yeah. Nissan is very fun, but. And, and tailgating is fun, but being it's on, a different experience. Yeah. yeah. Being on Tennessee's more campus professional for a game in Neyland 
hundreds of thousands of people there or 800,000, maybe not hundreds of thousands, but hey, well, maybe, I don't know. It could have reached the 200,000 point. There's a lot of people that like to go to Cool Beans and uh, uptown. Oh, there's and, hundreds of thousands of people there. I think yeah. so. Yeah. If you have a hundred thousand in the stadium, like there's people out there, they're just tailgating, just townies tailgating out there. Yeah. Um, did y'all see, have y'all seen said, I don't know if Arkansas has done it, but I've noticed Nebraska and Tennessee players have basically created an NIL website at multiple schools for just anyone to donate money monthly. Yeah. They got something going over there. I might have to do the 25, uh, 25 a month. I think I'm going to honestly. And I think that's really cool because now you truly have these fan bases, these massive fan bases of story programs are going to start throwing in money. And that's like, I'm going to legitimately be able to help the Nebraska football program. You know what I mean? <laughs> now Ooh, you like have that. a vested help interest. Help it at the so roots, say, too. Truly say you're, not donating to the, you're not donating to the university or anything. No, this is going right to the players. Like, yeah. Let's go. I'm, 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 I like that. I, I do, do think appreciate that I can do that. Yeah, I think it's funny, too, because uh, Trusha, who did – so for Nebraska, you can do 25-plus monthly or 100-plus monthly, and there's some incentives that go with that. Trusha, what was the jersey that Tennessee was It was, was Hendon Hooker, out? but I, I like Nebraska's a little bit more since they went old school with it. See, but I actually – so Nebraska did – so if you donate 100-plus a month uh, – you get a free, you get a steak dinner with yeah, the players, which the I think is Vols cool. did that too. I, yeah. I might have to shell out the hundred. I know. I'm go thinking and, about it, man. <laughs> go eat a steak dinner with the team. That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Uh, but then 25 plus, you get a free Will Compton jersey, Nebraska Will Compton jersey. And honestly, I looked at it and I was like, man, no offense, but I don't really want a Will Compton jersey. <laughs> I was like, can I, I want to, I want to like donate and then be like, can I get a different Jersey? But I feel like that's, I don't know. I hope Will Compton doesn't hear this. I'll feel really bad about it, but. Take uh, okay. Yeah. Sure that is a weird, you need to hype up the current players. Either do a current one or do like a true legend. Yeah, dude. True legend. We've got three Heisman winners. Like do one of them or do Tommy Frazier or Indomitian Sue or something like. Yeah. <laughs> I get yeah, it. Do a Will Sue Compton's, Jersey. Will Compton's hot. I get it. So, but. I don't know. That doesn't get like me. That doesn't incentivize me necessarily to give more than twenty dollars. Damn. So the Vols and their Knoxville NIL club already have two hundred and seventy-three active members donating before the season. So I'm gonna see what Nebraska's is. Directly support hundred and five plus Tennessee football players and join the ultimate fan experience. I love that. Yeah. So there, yeah. there's all kinds of different rewards um you can get so you can there's even uh the knoxville nil club offers a minimum five dollar donation monthly so even if you just want to get involved with the team get a couple of like cool little things you can do it yeah that's what nebraska looks like this site has 81 members and i wanted to see if it showed total revenue but it just says uh they do it by month. So since the month just started, they're at like two grand right now. But I wonder what they get per month because it says they have a $50,000 a month goal. Which I feel like they could hit for sure, especially Can now that it's just I'm starting some math. How, how many? How many people in that when you say will? There's 81 members. Donating. 
See, I don't – I mean, if there's only 81 members, I don't think they're hitting 50,000. But the thing that – The still, thing, you, you, if, the thing if, is, if is they it just start started, well, though, too. If, they, if the team starts doing well, I feel like a lot of people are going to jump, uh, jump And on that I do wagon. forget that – I mean, you could have one great donor that's getting you over that line every month. Well, the thing is, is like the there might be donors who don't do this. Like there, you could have donors that are just giving a million dollars to yeah. the football program. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that for sure. But I'm I'm also just saying you could have a few big like, you yeah, know, a few people funding. Yeah, they meet your fifty thousand goal. They only have eighty one members, but two members give fifteen thousand a month. You know, so something like that. Even just yeah. for five bucks a month to become a member. Says you will get frequent Zoom calls with players on the team for the Knoxville uh, NIL club. Five bucks a month to Zoom chat with like Hennon Hooker um, and Cedric Tillman. I mean, that would be we pretty should pay epic. it as pay dirt sports and get them on during our time. That's got to be no, but that's got to be it's, like I'm, it's a webinar where you can't yeah. even show your face. I bet. Yeah. Hennon Hooker. Yeah, we'll pay a little extra. Hen and Hooker <laughs> hops on a Zoom and with like a thousand people and just is like, "What's up, guys? Like, how's it yeah, going?" And you just type in the chat like, "Hey, yeah. Hendon!" Like, I can just imagine so many like Knoxville townies freaking out. <laughs> like, just uh, what is that one uh, Andy Bowser? You know who I'm talking VFL Andy? Yeah, like, I on think Twitter, so. he's like the weirdest looking, <laughs> like nastiest ball fan that exists on ball Twitter. That's who I just think of will certainly be participating in every single one of those Zoom calls. Oh, Nebraska, 82 members now. Some guy just gave 100 bucks. Nice. Dang. Right as we were talking about it. Hey, maybe uh, someone uh, someone is listening in on our podcast. They hacked us and uh, thought it was a great idea to to jump on the Nebraska NIL train. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm seriously considering – I probably want to do 100 a month. I'm seriously considering the 25 a month, though. I'm seriously considering it too. Cause I mean, so how long is the college football season? So you go, I'd wait I think until September. So September, October, November, December, January, that's five months. So, I mean, 125 bucks for a Jersey, not bad. Well, I'm like, but how long are you tied? I don't know how long you're tied in for it. Like, do you oh, have to stay, like, cause technically, yeah, you could just put in 25 bucks and like get a Jersey. Right. But I assume you probably have to stay tied in for a certain amount. I don't know. I don't know how it works, honestly. Maybe. Uh, yeah. You'll just have to, you'll have to test it out and do it. Yeah. I think I might. All right, boys. Well, I think I'll wrap us up. Uh, Guys, thanks again for listening. This has been Paydirt Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Be sure to check them out, sixpackcoverage.com, at sixpackcoverage on Instagram and Twitter. Check us out, paydirtsports.blog is the website. Instagram, at paydirt sports. Twitter, at paydirt underscore sports. Guys, thanks again for listening. Football's back. We'll see you all next week. It's back, baby. Paydirt out. <laughs>